We are in Genesis, Genesis chapter 11, starting on Genesis chapter 11 today, reading from verse 1. Genesis chapter 11, verse 1. Now the whole earth used the same language and the same words, and it came about as they journeyed east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. They said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they used brick for stone, and they used tar for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top will reach into the heaven. And let us make for ourselves a name. Otherwise, we will be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have the same language. And this is what they began to do. And now, nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down there and confuse their language so that they will not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad and from there over the face of the whole earth and they stopped building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel because there the Lord confused the language of the whole earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the whole earth. Okay, so in chapter 11, verse 1, it says, the whole earth used the same language. So there was one language up until that time, which makes sense, because there was this family that came off the ark, they were speaking Hebrew. We know that they were speaking Hebrew because their names make sense in Hebrew. And even the context of, of the, the names makes sense in Hebrew, in, in the Hebrew language. But after chapter 11, many of the names no longer make sense in Hebrew. So there was this change that occurred in Hebrew chapter 11. and says, now the whole earth used the same language and the same words. And it came about as they journeyed east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they settled there. So remember, they had, they had gone forth from Mount Ararat, and they moved east. And this is, this is seen in chapter 10, verse 9, it says of Genesis, He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore it is said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. The beginning of his kingdom was in Babel, and Erech, and Akkad, and Kelna, in the land of Shinar. So it was actually Nimrod... One of, one of the uh, uh, children of Ham, remember Noah had three sons, one of the, the, his sons was Ham. One of his children, uh, um, the sons of Ham were, were Cush, and then it talks about Cush had a son named Nimrod. So this is the grandson of Ham, the great-grandson of, of Noah, and he moved east and he built this city. He didn't move, it's not very far east, but he went east. And he built this city. <clears throat> now it is believed that this city, Babylon, has always been named the generation of the harlots, the generation of the, the lands that were going to do idol worship. And that's in Revelation. In Revelation chapter, chapter uh, um, 17, verse 15, uh, verse 5, Revelation chapter 17, verse 5, it says, And on her forehead a name was given, a mystery, Babylon, the great city the mother of harlots and the abominations of the earth. It was believed that in Babylon, idol worship started. This is the beginning of idol worship. Remember, 
These were worshipers of the Lord. There was one family, and that's it. And now the grandson, the great-grandson of, of Noah, is starting this city that's about to start the beginnings of idol worship. And that's what this tower is all about. And in fact, this name, this, this name uh, um, of, of, of Nimrod is translated Marduk, which in Babylonian is Maradak, which was their false god. That was the Babylonian god. And so you see the seeds of all of this. And it says, it says that they settled there. Now remember the injunction of the Lord. The injunction of the Lord to them was given, was given in, uh, in chapter 9, verse 7 of Genesis. As for you, be fruitful and multiply. Populate the earth abundantly and multiply in it. They were to populate the earth. It was also said in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, to, to Adam and his wife Eve, verse 28, it says, God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. And so he told them to fill the earth and they were to subdue it. That word subdue was never used with, after the flood with Nimrod. He just said, go and populate the earth. Because prior to the flood, the animals were docile. They weren't eating animals. And uh, uh, this is how they could get them all on the ark. And then after the flood, that it's it, it's it's that's where where God had had called them out after the flood, and had uh, called them to to this this they, they put the fear of man on all the animals because humankind was going to start eating the animals, and that's that's why. Uh, um, all of this was, there was this change in the animal kingdom. We will go back to the original animals, as you see in the prophet Isaiah, he speaks about the end times, where the lion will lie down with the lamb. This is why the lions weren't eating the lambs on the ark. I mean, they were in this docile state, and we will again return to that docile state of animals at some point. And so we, we, can, we can see, we can see uh, uh, the patterns are all here. But it was here in verse 3, it says, They said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they used bricks for stone and they used tar for mortar. So it's, they said to one another, Come. That word come is translated, it's actually is give help. It's translated come, let us. I want you to focus in on this word. Come, let us. This is all about us and what we're, we're about to do. I mean, we are, we are an entity in ourselves and it's all about us. Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they use brick for stone and they use tar for mortar. And in that, in where Babel is, where Babylon is, it started out as Babel, then became Babylon. They know the exact location. There is a lot of clay that can be used for the making of brick. And they use tar for mortar. When you find tar... There's generally oil under the ground, often oil under the ground. And you, can, you, you know that in that Middle East region of Iraq, there's a lot of oil over there. And so all of this pulls together and makes sense. And, uh, and they use the tar for mortar. And they said, come, verse 4, come, that means give help, let us. Again, everything is about us. Come, let us build for ourselves. For who? Not for God. Not for others, but for ourselves. Come, let us do this for ourselves. Let's build a city for ourselves. It's all about us. The whole humanistic view, everything is about me. 
and a tower whose top will reach into heaven. So our tower now is going to reach into heaven. We will acquire the heaven as well. Our tower will reach into heaven. And let us, again, there's the let us make ourselves a name. Otherwise, we will be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Oh, how terrible to be scattered abroad. God had told them, go abroad. And they say, we don't want to go abroad. We want this about ourselves. And he says, this is all about ourselves. Let us build for ourselves a city. Let us build for ourselves a tower. Let us build for ourselves a name. It's all about ourselves. Verse 5, The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And that word built is past tense, so they completed the tower and they completed enough of the city that they had the outlines of a city. Now, God let them complete this thing before He decides to disrupt it. Why didn't God do it earlier and save them the trouble? Well, a lot of times He lets us get pretty deep into our own graves before He comes and rescues us or before He offers us a different plan. Because if He rescues us too early, we just start doing it again. And we let our lives get pretty well beat up and destroyed before we say, Oh God, I need some help here. And you see the satire in this. They built this city and they built a tower that reached up into the heavens from their view. It says, Then the Lord came down No matter how high the tower was into the heavens, he had to come down to see the city and the tower. He couldn't even see the tower from his perspective. It wasn't very high. So God the Father is turning to Jesus. He says, do you see a tower I heard they built? He says, I can't see it from here. Maybe I'll just go down and take a look. See what's going on down there. And we get this view like we're building some really grand thing and we're really going to impress God. This is going to reach God. And God is like... Are you kidding me? (laughs) The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. You see the same sort of thing when he's about to judge Sodom. The Lord himself comes and he visits Sodom. He says, I'm going to go down there. And if it's not like what I've heard, I'll know it. You see that before the judgment, the Lord will make a visitation. He wants to make sure that before judgment comes, he gets this thing right. It, it, it's sort of like when you, when you see the police raid a house, and they raid the wrong house. It's a big problem. You want to make sure you, you raid the right house if you're going to raid a house. He says, the tower that they had built, the Lord said, behold, they are one people, and they have the same language. And this is what they have begun. This is what they began to do. This is just what they began. They're one people with one language. And this is where they started. They started everything about themselves in this city. And they started idol worship. They're building this thing up to the heavens. This is where they began. Imagine where it's going to end up. And then he says, and now nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible to them. He's speaking about their purpose. Their purpose is to have an idol worship going on. Now what they purpose to do, nothing that they purpose to do will be stopped. So now look what God says. 
Now, God is speaking, remember, there's the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and we see it yet again. Remember, we remember this from earlier in Genesis, when he said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Verse 7, he says, come, let us go down and confuse. Again, there is the, so they kept saying, let us, let us, let us. God says, okay, let us. You know, let us go down there and we'll deal with them. All right? They've gotten all together. Let us. And you see the same word, come, let us. That's the same, give help, let us. The same, come, let us, that they kept saying. God's using the same words. Okay. Come, let us. Let us go where? Go down. we got to go down. This is nowhere near the heaven in which we dwell. So we'll go down there. And let us confuse their language so that they will not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the whole earth, and they stopped building the city. And, and so you see, you, you, and, and, and then they called the city, they named it Babel, because there the Lord confused the language. And that is a play on words, because, because this word has, has multiple meanings, but that word Babel is to confuse. And you see this over in, in uh, verse 10 of chapter 10. Chapter 10, verse 10 of Genesis. The beginning of his kingdom was Babel, and Erech, and Akkad, and Kelna in the land of Shinar, from that land he went forth into Assyria, and he built Nineveh, and Rehoboth, and Rehoboth Ir, and Kala, and Resin between Nineveh and Kala. That is the great city. So, why did he leave Bab- Babylon, Babel? Because he scattered. Nobody was speaking the same language anymore. So, look what God does. Man tries to say, you know, I'm going to take this career of mine, and I'm going to be successful. I want to do it myself. You Christians, you go, you go do this. You go pray to your God. I'm going to do this myself. And when I hear this, that people say, you know, I, I, I'm just going to do this myself. I'm saying, okay. Do you know how tough it is out there? There's a lot of smart people out there in the world. I would much rather do this with the Lord than without Him. I would much rather do this with the Lord. You will go much further with the Lord. I want to share with you a few verses a few verses that talk about this sort of thing. So, I forgot to set up that chart. Could you set that up right here so they can see it? Um, so, if you look in Exodus chapter 31, in Exodus chapter 31, the Bible talks about a man named Bezalel. There's a man named Bezalel in Exodus chapter 31. And so look at what the Lord says. So Moses is, is commissioning Bezalel to build a tabernacle. So, Look at what God does with Bezalel to build a tabernacle. It says, Now the Lord, in in, in Exodus chapter 31, verse 1, Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all kinds of craftsmanship, to make artistic designs for working gold, in silver, and in bronze, and in the cutting of stones, and for the setting, and in the carving of wood, that he may work in all kinds of craftsmanship. Okay, so God called a man named Bezalel, and he filled Bezalel. And he gave him understanding. It says, first of all, he filled him with the Spirit of God. That is the first point. You get filled with the Spirit of God. 
filled with the Spirit of God. If you are not a believer in Jesus Christ, it's very hard to come into this. You first must get filled with the Spirit of God. And then he gives them the Spirit of God in, in wisdom and in understanding. And third of all, in knowledge and all kinds of craftsmanship. So he gives them the Spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding to be able to understand what to do with these talents. Or else people left to their own devices would do wicked things with these talents. And now I'm going to give them understanding and knowledge in all, knowledge in all kinds of craftsmanship. To make artistic designs for work in gold and silver and bronze. So generally a person has a talent in gold, or a talent in silver, or a talent in bronze. He gave them all of them to work in an artistic way. And in the cutting of stones. And for settings. So he taught him also how to cut gems and how to set them, and in the carving of wood. But doesn't the guy have enough gifts already? No, I'm going to give him the carving of wood as well. And in all kinds of craftsmanship. And then you go down, and he talks about how he's going to have insight in the working with fabric, in the working of perfuming, so many different things. How do you get this? You get filled with the Spirit of God. Would you like to build a name for yourself? Go ahead. Try. Build a name for yourself. Go ahead. The world is a tough place. There's a lot of competitive people out there. Build your name for yourself. Go ahead, oh proud one. Build a name for yourself. But if you want to walk with the Lord, He says, let me take care of this for you. You follow me, and I'll give you insight across so many different disciplines. People will look at your work, and they'll be like, how do you do all this? And you won't even be able to explain it. It's just, it just happened. I mean, it fell on me. I mean, God gives ability. God is the one who can do this. God is the one who gives understanding in this way. He's the one who fills. Look in Second, Chronic, Second Chronicles, the book of Second Chronicles, not Corinthians, but Chronicles, which is in the Old Testament. Second Chronicles, chapter sixteen, verse nine says, "For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that He may strongly support those whose heart is completely His." The eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the entire earth. To strongly support those whose heart is completely His. I mean, that's a deal right there. Isn't it? You want to do this on your own? You want to build your own city and have your own way? Fine. You're going to see the world is a very difficult taskmaster. And there's a lot of smart and talented people that you're up against in the world. Or you can say, Lord, I'm yours. Lord, I'm going to follow you. Lord, you help me. Lord, you build my name. Lord, you build my reputation. Lord, you do that. It says the eyes of the Lord are moving all over for somebody with a heart like this. And you know what happens when he sees somebody with a heart like that? He's like, angels, stand back. I'm busy. i got to go and bless this person. Because it says that he's going to strongly support them. She's like, you got to go. Go help this guy. That's what it says. He's going to strongly support them. Look in John chapter 12. 
John chapter 12, verse 26. We'll start reading it at verse 25. John 12, 25. He who loves his life loses it. You want to have it all about your own life? If it's all about you, you're going to lose it. He who loves his life loses it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it to life eternal. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. Where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Wow! You serve Jesus, the Father of heaven and earth will honor you. If you serve Jesus, the Father of heaven and earth will honor you. That's an amazing promise. My Father will honor Him. You serve Jesus, the Father will honor Him. Sometimes people, my colleagues, do not understand why I do this. Why I invest this time and this effort with students. They don't understand. I'm building my career. They don't understand the blessings that come upon me. Not only do I get to enjoy the lives of so many other people rather than just sitting home every day, like they do, or playing golf or something. I get to enjoy lives. But he's building my career. Yeah, I really believe that. I really believe that he's building my career when I do this. How do I know? Because Jesus said so. My father will honor him. If I were a farmer, he'd give me a bigger crop. I'm not a farmer. What do I do for a living? I publish papers and I graduate students. So it gives me more papers and more students. And all the things that go along with that. That's my little farm. That's the world in which I live. What is your career? Do you see how you get career advancement? Everybody, it's about myself. I gotta, I gotta do this for myself, you know? I'm a self-made man. Good for you. You be your self-made man. That's not what the Bible teaches us. And then the Bible goes on and he says, he scattered them. He scattered them. And you think, wow, that's, that's so mean of the Lord to scatter them. Why, why would you do that to them? Why, would you, why don't you just come and give them a little lesson, talk to them? Why would he scatter them? God does this, you know. God's kind of in the business. When you, when you start going in the wrong way, he, he, sc- he scatters. He scatters things. So if you look in, in uh, I mean, there's a bunch of verses on this, but just go to Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So he commanded his disciples to go. He said, you go therefore... To all the nations. Go all over to all the nations. And then he says it, he says it uh, again in Mark chapter 16. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Then in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Jesus appears to them. And just before he leaves this earth, he gives them one last piece of instruction. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem... And in Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. In other words, you're going to be, you're going to witness of me right here in this city, Jerusalem. But then you're going to be in Judea, this surrounding region. And then you're going to go up into Samaria and share of me. And then you're going to go into the outermost parts of the earth. And you know what they did? 
They never left Jerusalem. Because just like this grandson, this great-grandson of, uh, um, of Noah, they all wanted to be together. And so they were all together in that upper room, and they were all happy, and the church was building. And then they started getting into some problems where they started feeding people, and they had their little ministries in town, and, and, and some widows weren't getting fed, and all the troubles that happen in churches. You know, these were, these, these were widows who were the Hellenistic Jews. They were Jews that, of Greek origin that weren't getting served by the, 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 uh, by, by the local Jews there in Jerusalem. And so they all started having trouble. And God said, you know, you guys are kind of looking at yourself too much. And so what does he do? He starts a persecution. They were comfortable in their little church, and he starts a persecution. If you turn to Acts chapter 8. In Acts chapter 8, the persecution starts. If we look, if we look uh, um, in, in, uh, in fact, if we look at, at, at the, the end of Acts chapter 7, it says, it talks about how Stephen was killed. And then in Acts chapter 8, it says, Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him to death. And on that day, a great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And some devout men made, buried Stephen and made loud lamentation uh, over him. But Saul began ravaging the church, entering house after house and dragging off men and women. He would put them in prison. Therefore, those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. And Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ. Isn't that interesting? God scattered the church. God sent them out. I thought God loves the church. Well, he told them, you better get out there and start going. And they didn't. And so what did he do? He let them get all comfortable and happy and have their little church gathering. Then he scattered them out. He'll scatter your life too. You know, when you start getting settled, if you be open to him, he'll scatter your life. He'll let things come upon you to shake up your life a bit. He said, why did all this happen to me? Well, has God got your attention now? <laughs> if he's got your attention, then thank God it happened. I'm sorry for all you had to go through. I'm sorry for all the money you lost in this business deal or whatever it was. But if he's got your attention, you will in the end look back and say, it was worth it. It was worth it. You got my attention, Lord. That was rough to have to go through. But you got my attention. God is a scattering God. He told them in Genesis, go throughout the earth and populate it and everything. And they all wanted to be cloistered in their little city. And they said, we're not going to scatter. He said, okay. <laughs> we'll see about that. And you get in your own little world and all of a sudden you'll get a job. When you get your job, you'll think, wow, I just got to focus in on this job. I mean, you know, once I get settled in this job then I'll, I'll, I'll become active in the local church. You know, I'll, I'll get a ministry then. And lo and behold, after six months, you're still not settled in your job. And then after a year and a half, you're still not quite settled in your job. Then after a couple years, you're still not really serving the Lord and doing what you know you ought to be doing. And then things will start to fray around the edges. 
marriages will start, your marriage will start to have some real problems. Because when your marriage turns in on itself, it starts to have real problems. And uh, uh, when your marriage is all about, this marriage is about me, you know. I'm in this marriage for me, right? I mean, it's all about me. And if it's not about me, it's, it's about my little family. No, it's not about even you and your little family. It's about your family being used for the building up of the body of Christ. That's what it's about. It's about your family being used for the mission that God has for you. It's about your family going out and touching the world. That's what it's about. And if we don't follow through, he's a scattering God. He took the early church, and they were all comfortable, and they started having church right there in Jerusalem. And then they started having all the little internal problems that were happening in the church. Can you imagine widows that are not of your background? Well, we'll feed them last. I mean, that's what they were doing. That's pretty bad. But that's what the church comes to when it's all about ourselves. And then God says, okay, that's how you want to be? All right, I'll take care of that. God's a scattering God. God's a scattering God. And marriages will start breaking apart. And guys in desperation will come and they'll come to a pastor or something or some believer that they know. They say, my life's a wreck. My wife doesn't listen to me. My kids don't listen to me. And I tell them, I'm not surprised they don't listen to you. You've got no authority in your life. You come out from the authority of Christ, nobody, everybody who's under your authority is going to come out from under you. This is the natural pattern that follows. Lives get destroyed. What's the lesson here? We let God build our lives. Let God build your life. Don't think you have to go out and make a name for yourself. Let Him make the name for you. He'll take care of it in a much better way. And just remember, if it becomes all about you, you'll be scattered. If it becomes all about you and your little family and what your little family's going to do on the weekends and what your family's going to do and the fishing trips you're going to go on every weekend, and it's not about the building up of the body of Christ, remember, God's a scattering God. And He'll get hold of your heart. And your life will become an utter mess. And the hope is that through that, you'll come back to the Lord. But a lot of people don't. Just embitters them and they work, walk away further from the Lord. And you'd be like Nimrod. You go and you try to build another city. You build Nineveh. And that becomes an idol-worshipping city. And you go from one marriage to another and leave a string of broken children and broken families and broken homes. And you look back over your life and you'd be like, this was a mess. Remember, God's a scattering God. Remember Him. Remember Him. And cry out to Him. He said, my eyes are looking all over for someone who's going to follow me. And I will bless you if you do. Oh, as far as your work, I'll give you more insight in more areas of your work than you can imagine. I'll help you with that. That's no problem for me. I call Bezalel by name the son of Uri, the son of Hur. I know you. I know your father. I know your grandfather, he says. No, I know everything about you. 
I'll fill you with the Spirit of God. I'll give you wisdom. I'll give you understanding. And oh, about craftsmanship, I'll take care of that too. That's what he says. I'll take care of that too. That's what I'll do for you. Jesus said, whoever serves me, my Father will honor him. My Father will honor him. Whoever serves me, my Father will honor him. Let's pray. Abba, my Father, I thank you so much for your word. I pray that you come into these young hearts here and shake them and awake them. Awake, awake them, Lord. As they start in careers, Lord, I pray that they would understand that you are the one who will build for them a name. You are the one who will build for them the talents that they need to excel. That they wouldn't start to build the city of Babylon thinking that they can do it themselves. Father, as they start families, Lord, I pray that they would commit those families to you and that they would be active in those families to serve you as a family. Father, I pray that you protect them. Lord, and if you so do, scatter them. Lord, I pray that you would use the scattering to draw them to the feet of Jesus Christ, that they would look back and to say, it was good that I was scattered because God got my attention. Father, work in their lives, I pray. And Lord, to the unbelievers that are here, I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, get a hold of their hearts and that they would cry out this day, this very day, and say, Lord, forgive me because I am a sinner and come into my life. Forgive me and come into my life. Lord, I commit these young people to you. Oh, Lord, have mercy on them. Draw them close to Jesus. Your hand of kindness rest upon them, I pray. In the name of Jesus, amen.